Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, May 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A surge in food delivery helped Uber sales in the first quarter. Another U.S. investor is getting into India's fast-growing internet market, and we'll look at what to expect from the April U.S. jobs numbers, the first full month of data from lockdown. Plus, without runways or retail, how is the fashion industry faring? The FT's fashion editor, Lauren Invik, will explain. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The ride-hailing industry has taken a hit from coronavirus and the related lockdowns. But Uber's found success in another part of its business that doesn't include picking people up and dropping them off. Gross ride bookings at Uber dropped 5% in the first quarter compared to the same period last year. But the company reported stronger-than-expected revenues. That's because, as people entered the lockdowns, they started to order more food through the Uber Eats app. Those bookings increased by 52% year-on-year. There were big expectations for Uber in 2020, and it aimed to have its first profitable quarter on an adjusted basis in the final quarter of this year. But in the first quarter of 2020, losses ballooned to nearly $3 billion. The company attributed the loss to a previously announced $2.1 billion write-down on the value of its investments, which it blamed on the impact of the pandemic. Its portfolio includes a minority stake in China's Didi. Uber shares were up more than 5% in after-hours trading on Thursday. This was after Chief Executive Derek Khosrowshahi suggested Uber would benefit from the new normal. He told investors people might opt for a rideshare instead of public transportation as they return to work. And now, turning to India, where the country's richest man has sold a stake in his digital services group, Reliance Geo, for a third time in as many weeks. Sources tell the FT that Mukesh Ambani agreed to a $1.5 billion deal with U.S. bio group Vista Equity Partners in exchange for a 2.3% stake. In the past few weeks alone, Mr. Ambani has also agreed to sell a 10% stake to Facebook and another stake to Silver Lake Partners, the private equity firm. The moves are meant to alleviate the heavy debt burden at the parent company, Reliance Industries. But it signals two other things. The string of deals highlights Geo's growing appeal for foreign investors looking to find a foothold in India's fast-growing internet market. And the investments come as some deep-pocketed U.S. buyers look for opportunities while coronavirus reshapes markets around the world. Reliance Industries' core business is oil refining and petrochemicals, but it launched Geo as a telecoms operator in 2016. Since then, the company has attracted 388 million users to its 4G network by offering cut-price mobile contracts. In the past seven weeks, official data has shown that at least 33 million Americans have filed for unemployment benefits since coronavirus lockdowns began. And today, the Labor Department will release its monthly jobs report for April. It's typically viewed by investors as the best government assessment of the health of the labor market. The FT's James Politi tells us what we can expect from it. That will likely show that about 22 million people lost their jobs during the month of April. And we will also get a look at the unemployment rate, which is expected to jump to about 15 or 16 percent, which is a number that we, you know, we haven't seen for decades in the U.S. So it's expected to be extremely, extremely grim. What we will be getting uh, in addition in uh, today's jobs report 
is an assessment of how many people are actually leaving the labor force entirely. So not only because they've lost their jobs, but also because they've given up looking for work. Another thing that we will be watching for pretty closely is data on working hours. So there may be plenty of workers who have not been laid off or not unemployed. They're still in the labor force, but they're working fewer hours. And that also has an impact because it means that their income is probably less plentiful than it was before the the coronavirus outbreak. So we know that it's going to be a grim reading. We know that things have gotten probably worse since April, just because we've been seeing the weekly data coming out. But, you know, we don't know exactly sort of how bad things were on a deeper level in the labor force and in the labor market. That's what we'll be finding out um, with today's data. So, James, the White House and Congress have already passed trillions of dollars worth of fiscal stimulus. And, of course, the Fed has taken some really significant action on the monetary side. Given these staggering figures, uh, can we expect further action? Congress is actually sort of heading back to into negotiations about a new round of stimulus and support because it's become abundantly clear given the depth of the recession that the U.S. is facing and the shock to the labor market that so many people need more help. States and local governments need more help. A lot of the stimulus that was passed in the first rounds has almost kind of like an expiration date to it in that small businesses need to spend the money they get from the federal government by June, unemployment insurance payments, the extended unemployment insurance payments that people receive only last until July. And so I think lawmakers are trying to figure out ways to offer some more lasting support to the economy. From a health point of view, there's still no clear sort of exit strategy from the coronavirus pandemic. And the the outlook medically is sort of as hazy as ever. The world's fashion and luxury sectors are enormous. They generate around 2.2 trillion pounds annually. That's according to your OMADR. And just to put that in perspective, that's about the size of the UK economy. That's the FT's fashion editor, Lauren Indvik. In Italy, luxury goods counts for about 5% of GDP. In Bangladesh, apparel accounts for actually more than 80% of exports and about 11% of GDP. But the coronavirus pandemic has delivered a shock to these sectors. Stores are closed, orders are canceled, and factories have been shut or repurposed to make PPE. So how will the industry emerge after the lockdown? Lauren has been looking into this. Fashion weeks in June and July have been canceled. While I don't think fashion weeks will go away forever, it does look unlikely that the ones in September will go ahead. Uh, So, you know, with stores closed, brands are canceling orders across the supply chain, and some designers have decided not to produce the resort and men's collections they normally would have shown in June. The spring collections normally, that wouldn't be discounted until the summer. Uh, They're on sale already. So if you are a luxury shopper, it's not a bad time to grab a bargain. So I think, you know, everybody is hurting unless you're someone who specializes in cashmere track pants and your business is not doing well right now. Cashmere track pants. Yeah, I'm sure there's at least some sort of market for that since we're all working from home these days. Um, Now, Take the fact, as you mentioned, that fashion shows are being canceled and combine it with the fact that retail locations are shut down. How then is the industry marketing its products? That's a great question. You know, there's 
long been this discrepancy where fashion and luxury consumers spend their time and where brands spend their marketing dollars. Consumers spend most of their time on digital channels. You know, I can understand why a runway show, that format, made sense when fashion shows were just trade events for a few hundred people. But they're really about reaching consumers and they're about it's about reaching them digitally. So they need to be redesigned for that. Fashion shows just aren't actually that interesting to watch online. We've seen some terrific new marketing concepts come out of the pandemic. Uh, Shanghai Fashion Week was actually, I think, the first to go all digital. The ones that I really liked, actually, the designers would just get in front of the camera and they would talk to consumers about their brands and why they were doing what they were doing. Uh, These were designers you'd never actually really heard from before. You know, outside of Fashion Week's brands have been hosting live drawing classes online or yoga sessions or meditation sessions. I think, you know, it's not about selling something, but these connections that these brands are fostering with consumers, they're so much more impactful to display ad. So some changes that might actually stick. And while we're looking forward, Lauren, do you think the industry as a whole will be smaller, will be more environmentally friendly? Are these things that will continue when we return to some semblance of normal, whatever that is? Uh, That's what I wish. But right now, you know, the entire supply chain is hurting. In the short term, brands are going to be able to get great deals on manufacturing because there's so much less competition. And that means fewer workers are going to be employed. And it means the workers who are employed may not be paid as much. That said, I do think there is room for hope. I've spent the last week actually interviewing American college students about the brands they like. And Again, again, they talk about the importance of buying brands that are transparent and sustainable and that reflect their values. You know, I think I would say if you're a brand and you are not prioritizing sustainability right now, it's hard to imagine that you will be relevant in a decade. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik, and we had help from Gavin Kalman and Michael Bruning. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.